0: contemplate the workings of the inner being your eyes are wide open but are you really seeing awesome well first of all i just i want to thank anyone that is tuning in to watch listening to our podcast mentor in the mirror which is where this audio always lives and since these new developments we decided to start streaming live as well because Hey, you know, anyone looking for more information besides the fear, besides the overabundance of terrible news, to also know what they can do, right? And to to what what actions can we take? So my name is Cole.
1: My name is Ta. We are Ta Cole, Cole, and this is Mentor, Mentor in the, the Mirror podcast. And
0: today's guest is amazing. He's an internist, a functional medicine MD. He wrote the book Happy Gut, which Meryl Aaron sent us our first copy long before yes. we had the pleasure of meeting <laughs> Vincent. So we're so excited to have you on the show. Let's dive right in and talk about the importance of gut health for the immune system.
2: Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, the gut is the foundation. For your health, uh, because especially when it comes to immunity, uh, because seventy percent of the immune system is located all along the gut lining, so that is your your first order of entry. It's detecting, it's sensing everything that is coming through, and that's why it's so important to have a balanced microbiome, but also to have a healthy gut permeability. Because Mm -hmm. everything that gets through that permeable gut, if it's too permeable, is going to be first sensed and detected by your immune system It's going to ask, is this self? Is this non-self? Should we attack? Should we mount an immune response? And like I explained to people that if your immune system is distracted by mounting a war in your gut, then it's not going to have enough resources when a virus tries to invade through your respiratory passages. So you're not gonna be in the best state, but you're also your body's already gonna be in high alert. It's gonna be in this inflammatory fight or flight state from that. So the gut is central to that. And I like to describe the gut as the root system of the body. So just like the roots to a tree, the guts are like the roots of your body. It is the foundation of your health. A tree cannot live without its roots. We cannot live without our gut. And I think it's, it's been kind of like the least sexiest organ because who wants to talk about poop and all that? But I think it has become, in this century, it's going to be the sexiest organ to talk about because we realize it is important and central to the functioning of
1: every other part of the body. Including yeah, man, the we are. Li- yeah, yeah, we are literally a shit show. <laughs> and- <laughs> so, I wanted to ask you if you could explain uh, what permeability is, because a lot of people when I when I speak to, I know what permeability is. Could you explain yeah. from your vantage point what permeability is?
2: Absolutely. So, permeability is basically like think of your gut as a cheesecloth. You know, if you're running stuff through a cheesecloth it's going to allow certain things through and it's not going to allow certain things to get through if they're not, if they're bigger than the holes in the cloth. Now take that and imagine that your gut becomes too permeable. So say your gut, um, say, say that the holes become bigger in that cheesecloth, right? So now particles that are not supposed to get through can get through. And those particles might be partially digested proteins. So say like a soy protein, a corn protein, maybe a protein from wheat, gluten gets through and it's going to activate your immune system. So then you develop reactions to that. But we also know that the other important reason, you know, so it's kind of like the gut is our border patrol, right? And if it's not keeping out, those um, endotoxins, so the things that come from gram-negative bacteria that live naturally in the large intestine, that endotoxin, which we also scientifically call LPS or lipopolysaccharide, what it does is it's a really potent instigator of the immune system. So it activates your immune system, but turns out that there are receptors for endotoxin everywhere in the body, the liver, muscle tissue, as well as the brain has receptors for endotoxin. And we always say that that if your gut is on fire, your brain is going to be on fire. So that's the connection between the gut and the brain. Very important and key connection that your gut health dictates the health of your entire body, including your brain. So hopefully that, that clarifies it. For people, another way to describe it is that your gut permeability, you know, and obviously your gut has to be permeable. You can't have a concrete wall that doesn't let anything through because then you won't get nutrients through. So right. your gut has to be a selective permeable membrane that is allowing the good stuff in and keeping the bad stuff out that's inside the, the wall of your gut.
1: So what is it? What is it that causes permeability to increase?
2: So many things, so many things and but and and really there are things that we are being exposed to on a constant basis in our modern world. Number 1 antibiotics. Number 2, I think the biggest attack on our gut right now is stress. Those stress hormones, norepinephrine, epinephrine, they increase gut permeability. They alter your gut microbiome. So anything that alters the gut microbiome is going to increase intestinal permeability. Ibuprofen. So very simple over the counter medication that you think is safe to take because it's over the counter increases gut permeability. Mm -hmm. And interestingly now we've seen that from case reports and studies that ibuprofen seems to increase the risk of worse worse outcomes with this COVID-19 infection. So, and and no one's talking about gut connection and the possibility that they also increase gut permeability. And if now you're infected and you also have inflammation, inflammatory signals coming from your gut, then your body is doubly challenged to fight off that inflammation because if you think of Inflammation and anti-inflammation in the body is like a seesaw, you know? One is trying to win all the time. If you're doing the right things, you're eating a lot of vegetables, you're getting your sleep, uh, you're drinking filtered water, you're holding positive thoughts in your mind, you create an anti-inflammatory environment in your body. Uh, If you're eating the standard American diet, you're taking antibiotics, you're on these medications or, um, for example, Uh, The other medication that's very common and so many women are on them and don't realize that they alter your gut function and they increase gut permeability is birth control. And the other thing is anti-acid medications that so many people are taking. Those also increase gut permeability because they alter the natural state of your gut. You know, Mm -hmm. who said that it's okay to lower stomach acid when that's how we evolved? There's a reason that we evolved that way to have stomach acid. And there's a controlled change, like a sequence of pH changes that happen in the gut. And we shouldn't be altering that, you know, so what we should be doing is supporting the natural state.
1: Yeah. And so many people are out of, of any semblance of natural state because I believe because of the, well, it's, it's not even a belief. I know it's because of the, the standard American diet of absolute crap, uh, lots that of sugars. Is, and, and alcohol also. And alcohol. Mm-hmm. Excessive alcohol. That's, that's also going to be a factor
2: in increasing intestinal permeability uh, because of its, its effects on the microbiome. People who travel and are constantly traveling around the world for business like back and forth to Europe, to Asia, those circadian rhythm disturbances also cause changes in the gut microbiome. That's why um, if, you, if you see people who travel uh, frequently and you think they're they're just gaining weight because they're not eating the right foods, but they're also challenging their body's ability to maintain a normal weight because of so many circadian changes that alters your gut microbiome to the type that will make you gain weight
1: Hmm. yeah i mean that that's
0: So for anyone that's watching now, right, and now they're home, they're outside of their routines, they're outside of their not only eating uh, like diet routines, movement practices, but a lot are incorporating uh, less than functional habits of eating, maybe staying up later than they used to, not really following any kind of circadian rhythm, staying up late watching Netflix, um, you know, and then all the blue light impact as well. If you are going to advise people on a few things to be mindful of or that if if you really want to boost your immune system, especially somewhere like New York City, right, where there's a lot more cases um, or just to fortify your immune system, what actions should people that have been in their homes take?
2: Oh, my goodness. The first thing is, you know, don't fill yourself with sugar and processed foods, you know do your best to still uh, do your shopping for fresh produce, frozen vegetables. If you can't find frozen vegetables, buy fresh vegetables and cut them up and put them in your freezer so you can preserve them. That way you're not going to the supermarket regularly. But even you know one thing that people don't think about for gut health is you know you think of what should I eat? but what should you not eat or maybe what you sh- when you should not eat? So intermittent fasting, or actually not eating, lowers gut inflammation. It will lower. So they find that um, having periods of fasting will lower the influx of of endotoxin into the circulation. So if you already have a leaky gut, one of the best things you can do is not eat to lower your inflammation. So in other words, mm-hmm. have a period of fasting between meals. And if you weren't doing this before. Maybe just do a 12 hour fast overnight, you know, start with that. So you're doing time restricted eating. You stop after dinner and then you don't eat again until breakfast time the next day. If you feel an urge to eat at night, you know, usually that's not real hunger. That's more like your stress. You know, I'm, I'm advising my patients to not turn on the news at nighttime to engage in stress-reducing activities, reduce their exposure to blue light, you know, start to dim the lights in the evening. Let your body feel the, the wind down that we should be feeling if we were still out in the wild and we would be living with natural light. You know, we've artificialized our lives and our bodies don't know how to deal with that biophysical stress, you know, that I call it, like artificial light the television on late at night, you know, all those things are onslaughts to our nervous system. That's not going to let you settle down, but even just having like an herbal tea, like a relaxing tea at night, that's also a really effective way to um, uh, not cave into those late night cravings. Cause usually it's just a craving. It's not really like, you don't really need to eat to survive after dinner. You could fast mm-hmm. until the next morning. So it's usually that, that slowness. It's kind of like the time when all the stress from the day that you haven't dealt with starts to come up. And that's, it's really a time, and I know you guys do this a lot, and it's about sitting with your stress, not trying to run away from it. And eating is in one way to run away from stress. It's like eating your stress. Rather than sitting down and and facing it, so just letting be just be with it.
1: Yeah, th- that, I think that's a, a, an extremely important thing man, to actually be with it and learn how so that your body can become resilient. if we if we are burying our stress we, it's hard for us to be able to manage multiple things that are coming in and and I believe that the immune system and the you know the onslaught of pathogens is no different. When we are when we are constantly burying things, we can't become resilient. And when we have all this excess stress, we have all this excess stuff. We cannot become resilient the way we need to. And like you were saying before, we got on the terrain. You know, if the terrain is in a space where it cannot be resilient, it it, it it's going to suffer uh, when the when the immune system needs to come online. So I really And, I, and I, that. I
2: honestly, you know, there's a lot of fear being propagated out there by. The numbers that they say, and just hearing like the thousands of people who have succumbed to this coronavirus or the flu. But the missing piece of the conversation is the terrain, is us. Because the vi- virus is a, not a living particle, it's basically yeah. a dead particle that has genetic material that then hijacks our cellular machinery. And in those individuals that are uh, more sensitive for whatever reasons, and we know that it affects older people more than younger people in terms of who gets the worst outcomes, because pretty much everybody is, is at risk of getting it, uh, but no one's really talking about the terrain. And I think that's a really important piece of the conversation because If it's something outside of you that you have no control over that could come in and kill you, that's really, really frightening. If then you switch the conversation and you talk about your terrain and how you can build that terrain, which is your body and your gut and the gut microbiome and the integrity of the gut lining, then that takes that conversation away away from fear into what you actually have control over. It's a very different conversation.
1: Yeah, yes. it's, it's a conversation around empowerment, and empowerment is not fortified by our current sick care systems on this planet. You know, um, you know, the 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 idea that you're going to get sick is really important for to, for the systems to make money, and uh, you know, this is something that Cole and I work deeply in is the empowerment of the individual and the fortification of the physicality of the human organism.
0: It's something that I also appreciate with how you are with your patients, which we know because we know some of your patients, (laughs) but that being said, the, the way that you approach things as well with your, with patients that do come to you, you're giving them, not only does anyone watching right now have the incredible resource of you. Your book, Happy Gut. So I'll make sure that that's in the show notes for anyone listening on the podcast, on Get the it. recording. This is something that everyone can have access to. And the fact of how you approach it is what we all hope for from a physician, from a practitioner, from a therapist, from the people that we gather for our life team, you know, to help fortify our individual organism. And we are made up of trillions of cells and other organisms and other viruses that are always working to proliferate. So are, what are, are some are of true. the-
2: I want to say about that, that we are true symbiotic organisms. And there, is, there are scientists who believe that the genetics of the human body wouldn't be able to survive on its own the genetic material in the gut the the some genetic material of the bacteria the organisms that live in our gut is a 100 times that of our own genetic material and they produce metabolic byproducts that we rely on to live so there is a belief that we actually couldn't live without that
0: mhm i i mean i really believe that and if you when Not if, when you look at how much of the serotonin is produced from the gut, which most people don't know, the impact of what you eat becomes a part of your mood. And so it becomes this cycle of I don't feel good, so I eat things because I've been taught to go to food for comfort or love or significance or connection. And then we fortify the proliferation of those hormones and that thought and that belief chemically. And then we go back to the mind wondering what's wrong with us when so much is a chemical reaction of sugars and foods and gut health that until we stop that cycle, no medication or supplementation can save us from that.
1: Yeah. You know, we, we, the way we work with people is, you know, in our society, we tend to have spirituality in this high echelon and in mind underneath that then society and its constructs under that then the heart space, connected uh, intuition space there. Then the body is there, and then you see my hand is gone, right? That's where the microbiome is, way down on the bottom. So, we get people to turn that paradigm, that totem pole sideways, and we keep all of those things in the highest of, self- of esteem, including the microbiome. And when we have all those things in, in the highest of esteem, that's where we are a complete human organism, and we bring that totem pole all together to a complete human organism. And I every day when I eat, every day when I wake up, I talk to my bugs, man. I talk to all of the germs. I talk to You're all of like, them. Hey, I talk to all <laughs> of them. And when I'm eating my food, I talk to the I talk to I talk to the plant that I'm eating and I talk to the bugs that are on it. Because this is this, this is going to be become part of my activity, part of my situation, part of my existence. And it, and it, I believe and it, that
2: and, it, and and it's it. a viewpoint of living in in, in harmony and balance you know you can either view like the world and the earth and everything out is out there to get you or that you can live in this harmony with it you know and i think part yes. of the part of the 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 errors in our thinking which i think we're going to find in the coming years was wrong is this over Sanitation and yeah, now like you want to be careful, like not spread coronavirus, and there's certain precautions with that to save the most fragile in our society. But at the same token, as parents, like we shouldn't be over sanitizing our kids. Like they need to be out in the dirt and get dirty and play in the soil and get exposed to animals and and all sorts of microbiomes. That's what builds a robust immune system. Is that exposure uh and i think the fear of that or thinking that you're doing good by being overly clean is is wrong
1: yeah it's definitely not functional and you know from, coming from the standpoint you know uh of being in healthcare as long as i as i have been um you know Hygienic practices that keep us away from, you know, touching poles in the in, in subway in New York City and in eating food. You know, wash your hands, man. But you know, the the complete avoidance. Don't touch, your of, touch, the don't, don't, don't touch your eyes. Don't touch the subway pole. Don't. Yeah, man. Listen. I though. mean, I have never Come touched the subway
0: pole unless it stopped I, too side <laughs> too soon and I and I'm gonna crash into someone. Then it was a survival mechanism. Besides that. I was that person learning to, to surf on the subway. I'm you know that, what I mean? I'm that
1: dude in the summertime to come in the subway with gloves on in the summer, bro. And I'm doing I'm doing the elbow lean. <laughs> and <the> holding <laughs> on to things like this or touching the ceiling. I'm not I'm not touching anything in the subway. But I mean, you know, it, it's it's uh it's, I, do, it's really,
2: I do subway surfing if I can.
1: No, I mean, yeah, me, that's me, my me, preference. Me too, bro. I don't touch anything yeah. in, in the subway. But I'm
2: it's good. It works the I'm also not afraid of bugs like Totally. I'm not, not afraid if I touch something, like you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not crazy using hand sanitizer as as some people do. Yeah, I'm
1: not. Same. Yeah, I'm not in that space either. But you know, I don't touch things and then put my hand in my face. I mean, you know, after being in the ER all that time, bro, it just no, it just doesn't go down. I wanted to ask you what your vantage point on hydration is. Hydration
2: is key. I mean, I think mm-hmm. most people are walking around dehydrated it's important for gut health i mean we're more than 70% water you need water to transport molecules across uh, cell membranes so it's really really key and also you need water to be part of cellular waste removal mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's part of the garbage dump that happens mm-hmm. so it's really it's really key for overall health and and gut health and especially as we get older because the thirst mechanism tends to drop as you get older so your your body's signal that you're dehydrated is much weaker so a lot of i find a lot of my older patients they have to remember to drink because if they're just going by their own body's drive to to drink water Um, they're not going to drink a lot. Maybe they'll drink like two or three glasses in a day. And then people are, a lot of people are drinking coffee. They're drinking caffeinated beverages that are going to be diuretic and they're going to make you dehydrate. So you need to make up for those, those losses as well.
0: I mean, the things I saw the most in going to the grocery store uh, were not foods or beverages that would, keep any proliferation of viruses. (laughs) We'll just say that a lot of sugar, a lot of refined sugars and foods. And even as I'm in some of the groups that I'm in, where it's people asking for help, how frequently people were asking for Kool-Aid for their kids, right? And it's just that idea that, that we are not taught about hydration, the importance of hydration. That includes when you're not outside being active. People do not understand that for your gut health, for your brain health, that it requires hydration and it it actually utilizes more. If people are sitting and thinking, even though it may seem that you're inactive, your body is not inactive. It's still busy with all those thoughts, fears, what ifs.
2: The other thing is the hydration that comes through the foods that you eat. You know, like if you've been into a piece of jicama, like it's full of water, you know, a Mm -hmm. lot of vegetables, have hydration in them but you have to eat them you've got to chew them well and it's another really great way to to hydrate the body
1: agreed yeah man and and that high fiber you know high you know we we are always proponents of making sure that there is fiber in the diet um you know prebiotic. what's your so since i'm getting into fiber prebiotic uh Prebiotic and uh, probiotics. Can you run those down for us? Yeah,
2: like anything that is a fiber is generally a prebiotic. So fibers are basically non-digestible carbohydrates that make it all the way to your large intestine where they're primarily fermented by the bacteria in your gut. And that fermentation, just like the type of fermentation that makes something into yogurt or kefir uh, or sauerkraut, That's happening inside your gut, and it's really critical and important because it's producing certain metabolic byproducts that your body will absorb, and it helps keep your body healthy. One of those most important is butyrate, which is a short-chain fatty acid that feeds the cells that line your colon and keeps them healthy. So they think that butyrate is one of the ways to keep colon cancer away. The other thing about butyrate is that it has an insulin sensitizing effect, and it helps lower blood sugar. So it's really interesting that, um, you know, cause we think that these things are in control of the pancreas, but perhaps everything is actually in control by the supercomputer inside your gut, gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. Then that butyrate crosses the blood brain barrier, goes to your brain and activates a histone acetylase that then, um, Controls how genes are being expressed in the neurons in your brain to create more brain derived neurotrophic factors so you can learn and remember things. And that's coming from a metabolic byproduct from a bacteria in your gut. I mean, that to me is just mind blowing, <laughs> you know? So the fiber that you eat that feeds the bacteria in your gut that then can produce this metabolic byproduct that then travels through your circulation, gets to your brain and helps you learn and remember things.
0: Mm.
2: Like just think about that because the number of people in in the US that are getting adequate fiber is is like minimal because most Americans are eating anywhere between 10 and 14 grams of fiber. And we need like 25 to 35 grams of fiber a day. And where are you gonna get fibers? It's gonna be from vegetables. It's also gonna be, you know, another really great source, uh, which I learned from being, um, from just traveling to Africa a few months ago before this whole thing uh, broke out, is uh, tubers. Tubers are really important. So tubers like cassava, like root vegetables, They're very rich in fiber and they help build a diverse gut microbiome. So really key and important. Uh, But fibers are also like these prebiotic fibers are found in Jerusalem artichoke and dandelion greens and garlic, green onions, even bananas have a little bit, blueberries. So they're found in a lot of different foods and that's why eating a variety of these foods is so key and important. For feeding a cross section of your gut microbiome.
1: Yeah, because yeah. they all favor—they all favor different types of fiber, right? all. Yeah, they the- favor different
2: bacteria, and then if on the on the other hand, if you're eating a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, fast food, French fries, hamburgers, you're going to be feeding another part of the microbiome that is going to create a whole bunch of inflammation in your body. So it's it's kind of controlling a lot of processes in your body through the prebiotic foods that you're eating. And then there's probiotics, which can be found in fermented foods, but you can also take probiotic supplements, which I use a lot with patients because a lot of the people I see are in, um, you know, severe gut distress. So they need a rescue. They need a rebalancing act to happen. And it has to happen quickly. Uh, one, because I'm not patient to wait months, and also, and two, uh, because a lot of times the gut is so disordered that you need that rescue with probiotic while you're changing habits, you're changing the way they eat, you're creating a new environment for the right bacteria to grow and flourish in their gut.
1: Amazing. So awesome, man. I, I really dig how you laid it out because I mean I'm always explaining this stuff to people, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to snatch some of your your method of explaining this and uh and actually slow down because the way I love the pace that you go. It's so <laughs> awesome, man. I appreciate you, man. I, I really appreciate all that you've endured and uh to get you to the space you are now. Uh, for for going to medical school, for for learning what you've learned, and for putting you know going the extra miles. I mean the extra, you know, just how many miles around the planet you went to to learn the stuff you learned about the gut, so that you could specialize in this and bring this magic to people. Man, that book Happy Gut is awesome. Mm-hmm. I just got goosebumps thinking about it when Meryl sent it to me. I was like, yeah, this thank is you. awesome. Uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for writing that. Uh, thank you for your contribution to the planet, and uh, thank you for your contribution to one of my greatest friends on the planet, uh, Meryl Aaron. Uh, we, we, you know, she loves you. We love you. Um, I'm so grateful that she put us to you, and uh, and for getting to meet you in uh, in Florida this past uh, this past New Year's It was awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Do you have so you know the podcast is mentor in the mirror, and we always invite whoever's listening, to go stand in front of the mirror with an affirmation, a thought, a consideration, taking that moment with themselves to check in. If you were to give someone an affirmation or something to take with them from this episode, what would you invite them to explore or to say to themselves?
2: Oh, I think one of the most powerful ones and I've done I've done these myself. Uh, I think you know it depends on what you want to bring into your life. But I think one that a lot of people need is the affirmation: "I am good enough. Hmm. I am deserving." Because I think a lot of people they speak what they want in their lives, but they don't believe they deserve it. And then the actions they take are actually against the words that they speak of what they want. So if they can change that internal belief system that they actually deserve the things that they speak of, then they can actually manifest them into their lives.
1: Yes man. Thank you so much man. I, I I dig it and I appreciate it. I love it. Thank you for the style of care that you bring to the people that you care for for not rushing people out in you know 6 minute increments and really really I really care about do what your you guys your patients, do. Man. You know,
2: I I dig through the external veil that people try to put on and sometimes people try to hide from me but I pierce right through that and I don't know how, you know, I think that when I'm working with people, I'm uh, I'm guided, you know, sometimes I pray beforehand and uh, I ask for the highest guidance to come through, you know, especially sometimes with my more difficult patients. And I don't know what's going to happen in that room. And I don't know why I say certain things or why I zero in on certain things. Someone might come and tell me the problem's over here, the problem's over here. But I zero in on something that's happening all the way back here that they're not really talking about or they're not really exposing too well. And but that's the real thing that's going on. And I I think that's 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 the difference between, you know, just being a superficial doctor and one that is there to make a difference in people's lives, you know, is piercing through that veil that people on to protect themselves from the world, from society, from, you know, even from the onslaught of, of uh, toxic family members, relationships. You know, we put on these protective layers and we don't know how to shed them. Sometimes, even when we go and speak with a doctor, uh, but that's where you really just need to take your clothes off, you know, just figuratively yeah. and yeah. let yourself be exposed. So that the true deep healing can happen. Yeah. Because I do believe that healing needs to happen at all levels physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual to achieve full integrated healing in your body.
1: Yes, sir. You're speaking my language, bro. Like, like out loud, my language. (laughs) And, you know, that veil, you know, that, that you pierce through is the shame devices of the world that keep people in the space of hiding and stops them from being authentic and showing up completely. And they may not even realize that they're doing it because it's so deeply woven into all of our existence at the moment. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's awesome that you have a a radar for that and that you can move through that and that you can see through that. I really appreciate that because you know, as, as a human being throughout my entire life, I lied about so many things. I didn't even know I was lying anymore. And it, and, and, and I was just not, not even just lying. I was just being inauthentic. I was showing up in a way that was not me. And that causes a stress on the entire body and how we express through our genes. We are always. It takes, a,
2: it takes a certain energy also to wear the veil. Yep. You know, that you want to present exactly. to the world. If it's yep. not, if it's not authentic with what you're feeling inside, you know, if if your outer expression is who you are inside, then that doesn't take energy. That's, that's just the flow state. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to cover up what really is happening, then that takes a huge amount of energy and that affects your health at multiple levels.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're, we're working on something right now, uh, in regards to, uh, Dis- dismantling the shame device. And I'd love to to show it to you, but I'll we'll, I'll hit you up and we'll talk about it later. But thank you so much, man. We really, really, truly are so grateful that you came to spend some time with us and share your amazing knowledge and your amazing self with our audience. Can you please tell everybody where they can find you, how they can connect with you?
2: So many ways. Uh, my website, happygutlife.com but um, they can find me on Facebook at Dr. Vincent Pedre and I'm on Instagram all the time posting. Uh, I'm now inspired. You know, I think this coronavirus has really given birth to a lot of really great stuff. And one of the things that it did for me is it inspired me to get back on and start doing lives and putting my opinion out there and sharing my knowledge uh, so people can find me on Instagram at, at Dr. Pedre as well. And you, I realize, like people like us who can put this energy out into the world, we are needed now more than ever because of what's going on uh, because we have to kind of create the, the grounding and the harmonious frequency in contrast to the fear and craziness that is happening, you know, and help people understand that there's another way to look at all of this and another way to look at your health, you know, in general, yes. because the, the world is in a health crisis regard, even before this coronavirus, we were already in a health crisis. I mean, mm-hmm. the US healthcare system is a health crisis, but the entire world, like the rates of obesity, of diabetes, like they're getting out of control. We are yeah. completely out of control and out of balance with the planet. And I think if anything that is being called upon by this is that we need to go back into balance.
1: Yeah, yeah, and with that, thank you, brother, so much. What a, what a great way to, to close things up. Indeed. So my name is Ta.
0: My name is Cole.
1: We are Ta Cole, we, we know you out. love this. <laughs> <laughs> we know you love this. Please don't forget to, <laughs> to rate, 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 review, review subscribe, subscribe share, share it with, with a friend. friend. It's
0: so important right now to be sharing the information that empowers individuals. Individuality. Isolation is an opportunity for us to determine where our edges are. So this is your invitation to explore the internal edges, those internal terrains that Dr. Pager was talking about, so that you come out of this Being more empowered in your own individual organism, in how you feel, and to protect from any virus, to know how to work with your body under any circumstance, not only under crisis. And so thank you so much, Vincent, again, for coming on. We adore you and love you so much. We honor you, and we're grateful for everything that you've endured to get to where you are to be the kind of physician that you are. A diamond can only be created
2: under extreme pressure. (laughs)
0: that's right so until next time for any listeners well really until tomorrow (laughs) same time same place we love
2: you so much be Be free. free